Okay, do you believe in the power of prayer? Can God use you to make a difference in their life? Okay. I'm afraid you didn't hear me there. I was going to tell Lou to turn it up a notch. We don't always get what we pray for. But this thing I can assure you, God always hears the prayers of His children. Always. And He will give you the desires of your heart. And if He doesn't answer it just the way you like, if you will ask Him why, I know He'll tell you why. Or let you know where it's going on. Because you don't always see the whole picture in what God does. And also, we're in week four, day four. I'm trying to cover three days one week and two days the next. And I hope you're doing that. And I hope you're staying with it. Um, if you're waiting for me to fill in the blanks for you, you've got something to learn. I'm not going to do it. These studies are designed for you to go through and do them in a way that um, you can, God can speak to you about where you're at. And so we're going to be looking at the promises and obedience and how it applies to our lives. And, uh, and we've been looking at David this week and, and the things that God's doing and growing him. And one of the first things he talks about is God chooses his people as instruments to reach the world. You see, you've been chosen not to reach people of Omaha, but to reach people of the world. Now, the people of Omaha will be the first recipients because that's who the closest people are. Your family's the closest one. But then the people in Naples and Omaha and surrounding stuff. But the kingdom is interested in bigger things. And this is what I've always had trouble with churches and stuff. So many churches get so narrow-minded and, and we can't even see and, and be okay with what another church is doing. We think we have to, we're being threatened. Folks, another church is not a threat to us. You know, if they reach a thousand people, then that's great. That's a thousand we don't have to reach. We ought to encourage and, and be okay with that and pray for those different ministries. You know, I've had people say, well, what's a cowboy ministry? Only cowboys can come up there? I say, half the people up there don't even have a horse. It's an attitude. It's, it's an attitude of country folks being around country folks that love the Lord and make a ministry. I don't know. We did it because we were trying to start something a little different. And stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of cowboy churches, from competitive churches to country churches to to full-time ranch. Or you go up in a panhandle where they got the feedlots. Most of their guys are, are straight out of the feedlot and and walk in with green stuff all over their boots and spurs and stuff. And but you know they're 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 all a little different. Uh, you go to a cowboy church and in the delta of Mississippi, and you're going to find a bunch of 
cotton farmers and row croppers and stuff like that. But they're, they're just country folks that love the Lord and, and want to worship. And, and pro, a lot of them have been rejected by other churches. I mean, there are not many churches you go to that preacher can show up in an old denim shirt that he's been working in for five years and, and doing stuff. But I, I'm comfortable with it. God's not worried about what I'm wearing on the outside, but he's a whole lot worried about what's on the inside. And uh, and I never saw Jesus when he called his disciples to tell him, y'all go put on your best robe and let's go. He said, come follow me. And just the way they were. But God's choosing people to be the instrument. Could God reach out and do stuff? Yeah. But how would you ever grow in your faith if God didn't allow you to be a part of it? Take ownership. And that's what we've always said about at this church. If you get people in here and you let them be a part of what's going on, they take ownership. And, and if they've got ownership, they invest in it. They, they want to see it be successful. And, and that's why last night when I was meeting with the park board and we was talking about what we need to do, I said, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I can do that. i got people that can do this. When it was all said and done, they said, Dwayne, you're doing 95% of it. I said, mm-hmm. Because i got people that will do it because they they want to be involved in the community and they make a difference. And and so it's not me. I got on the phone this morning, made a half a dozen phone calls or so, had most of my stuff done, lined up. So God's using us, but he's using you too, just like he used David. He wants to use you to advance the kingdom. But you've got to make one statement when he calls you. You remember what Isaiah said in Isaiah 6? When God was telling Isaiah what he needed? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. I'm available, God, send me. And God said, okay. You think God didn't know what Isaiah was going to say? But he gave Isaiah an opportunity to say, I'm available. Same way when Jesus reached out and called Peter, James, and John, come follow me. That wasn't a command, that was an invitation. Because they got to make a decision about whether they would or not. You think they ever looked back and regretted that decision? They had no idea what they were about to get into. But they went because there was a spirit moving in them that God said, I need you to be a part. Now I want you to think about that, folks. The God who spoke the universe into being, the God who created the smallest amoeba or whatever you want to call the stuff, to the great mountains, to the great dinosaurs. The God that created all that is looking for you to be a part of his work. That's pretty awesome. That he would choose to use people like you and me and empower us and entrust the future growth in relationship of the world to you.
When Jesus died on the cross, you know what he did? He left 11 men in charge of spreading the kingdom. 11 men who had had doubt, struggles, weakness, arguments. You see, the only one that was left out was Judas. Judas committed suicide. He wasn't. But the other 11, he left all those 11 in charge with everything that he'd just done. You think they made some mistakes? Now be real. Oh, they were perfect. They were Jesus' disciples. You know what? They were 100% human. And they struggled. If you look at Peter, in, in a matter of a few hours, Peter went from taking on every soldier on there and whipping out a sword when he was outnumbered 50 to 1 or 40 to 1 or 30 to 1, whatever it was. He whooped it out and took an ear right off one of those sort of He was ready to die. To just a few hours later, standing around a little fire in the darkness and denying that he even knew Jesus. And he denied him three times. Now, just a few hours before, he's ready to die. You see, he was struggling too. We saw Peter deny Jesus three times. And then 40 days later, 50 days later, when the day of Pentecost come, he preached the word in the middle of the temple and 3,000 men got saved. Now, you see, he was fully human, full of weakness, but he had to allow himself to be used by God, just like David did. So one of the questions he asked, if you did yours, he said, what evidence can you give that your church is being used to fulfill the calling by reconciling lost people to God. Now, you answer that question for me. What are we doing as a church that you know of that is allowing God to use us to reach lost people? Name one thing. Missions. All right. What else? Huh? Community outreach, such as? Play date, Buckaroo Buckout. What else? The Naples Rodeo. Hmm? Doing the school children. What, what did you just do Sunday night? Did you not hand out some stuff and candy, sit around fellowship and visit with some people? What else? What else have we done? things at the park, that what you're going to do at the parade. Uh, there's a few of you went to Florida just the other day. Was that not outreach? What you do for your neighbor? What about when you go to the hospital and you talk to the nurses or doctors or you pray for somebody or you go to the funeral home when somebody dies and you just love on them and care for them and you pray for them, or you take a little bit of food to their house. Would you say this church is doing something about outreach? Okay. You better, because if you don't, you're not seeing what this church is doing. Because it is busy about doing it. Oh. 
Yeah, the, 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 our livestock show, showing for Jesus. It's the, huh? The concert. So see, that's why we do those things. It's not just for entertainment. I allotted $4,500 for outreach in the budget this year. I think we've only surpassed that by about $4,000. I don't know. I can't tell you for sure exactly what we've spent on outreach. We're probably in the neighborhood of $8,000 this year in, in various things that we've done. I hadn't seen the bills on the Florida trip, so I don't know. But we're investing in it. We give a, a percentage every month of general funds going to European ministry. We give a percentage that goes to the local association. How much? Six? No. She just tell the cat about money. Boy, they spend a lot of money. Uh, we'll have to talk to him about that, Goldie. We'll run that by around. Anyway, I don't know where all that went, but they, they did it, and uh, we did a lot of stuff. So sometimes Goldie puts it all in the wrong category. So. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because God keeps blessing us with whatever we do. and um, But, you know, there's there's just time and time again that we do this because God is using you to do these things and so you're having a part of that and I boy when they'd ask that question I know oh, boy I can feel this out right quick uh the second thing is God calls all his people to be on mission with him not some of them all God's people are called to be on mission that means you are to be involved in doing something for the kingdom uh, inviting people, reaching out, giving candy out, cooking funnel cakes, uh, well, everything that you do. Number three, God initiates with His people a covenant of promise and obedience that will bless the nations. You see, with David, He promised him that He would bless the nations through him. And that's why it's important that you are realizing you are blessing the world because you're doing local missions, which is what you're doing right here. We give to the state convention, and we give her seminaries as well as the North American Mission Board, which is in charge of sending pre men and women throughout Canada, America, and in Mexico, into South America, and, and that's called the North American Mission Board. And they are starting churches and doing various ministries and reaching out, all kind of. So all that money, all the Baptist, Southern Baptist churches give to that, and it goes into that. Then we do the international missions, which is where we send the Lottie Moon, and and, and we're sending that monthly gift, and it's focused on Europe, so that it helps uh, reach college students throughout the European nations over there. And not only doing that, we've got missionaries directly tied to this church my daughter and son-in-law and four great wonderful grandkids are there representing us and they're training up other students and various people to do that so you're involved in world missions local missions and north american missions involved in all that and then you got your local missions that you're involved with 
when you minister to people throughout this community. So you, you're covering the whole gamut in, in stuff. And it's one thing to send money. And a lot of churches send money, but it, you don't learn a lot by sending money. You learn a lot by sending people. And that's when you see testimonies of these people that was up here Sunday. It made a difference. Whatever it cost, it was worth it because it made a difference in some of their lives. And, and so, so God prepares His corporate people, which is the church. It's a corporation of people for the mission. So, so what God does is working within your entirety of your life to do it. Some of you will never go on a, a mission trip outside of Texas. You just won't. You won't have opportunities and stuff. Some of your jobs or your stuff it won't allow you to be away from it. But can you be involved some? Uh, you know, that old crippled guy back there in the back. I mean, there was a mission trip and we went all the way to the northwest side of Omaha to do something for a brother in Christ. But we've done it for others too. Otis Klein, I mean, Otis Heard, we built one for him. We're getting good at building these ramps and stuff. So, you know, uh, you want one, and it, and we don't even need a carpenter anymore. We just take a bunch of old people of various trades, and we can do it. Um, so God prepares you as individuals to be a part of what He's doing. And you think, well, how can I be used? How many of you have got students in school? Uh-huh, Okay. What's he preparing you for? Deliverance. <laughs> it's called graduation. But he's put you around that because they're friends. A lot of them don't know Christ. They've got the messed up families, troubles. Sometimes some of you mothers are mothers to several kids. Some of them, sometimes your dads are dads to some that have no dads. And they may aggravate you, but sometimes you need to be the male figure there for them and stuff. So, so he's using all of you. But then God guides his people as they go on that mission with him. This is important, folks, that you learn that as God's carrying you through that, he knows your abilities. And just as he grew David, he'll grow you. And he'll, he'll put up with a lot. He'll let you make some mistakes, correct you, but he'll still use you because he knows you're struggling and you're moving with it. And then he, he continues to uh, do stuff with you in spite of who you are. How do I know? I know he's still using me to preach in spite of who I am. And I may do a sermon on it because it's sometimes after you, when you get real tired after spiritual battle and you look back through the scripture, you'll see right after a great victory, great people of God go through a period of, of defeat where they feel defeated, they're wore out, they're exhausted, and they just, I, I was reading on Elijah, and that's the one I want to preach on because he killed 450 Baal prophets and ended a seven-year drought and 
outran Ahab and his, his chariot, and I'm preaching my sermon already. He did all that, and the very next day he's run into the wilderness because some old hag named Jezebel threatened to kill him. Well, if he had been on the day before, he would have stood up and said, Jezebel, I'm going to kill you. But you see, if you go through some of these spiritual battles, there is a time when you're spiritually and mentally exhausted. And you find yourself wanting to run and hide. And that's when the church has got to be that sanctuary when people are going through that because it, it leaves you exhausted at, at the end of that. And, and, and only a loving, caring church body can minister you through that and stuff. But He guides you through that. And then finally, God uses uh, His corporate people to fulfill His mission. So He accomplishes all these things through you. It's not through one individual. Those seven that went to Florida, they didn't get the blessing we all got the blessing or should have because you funded it. You sent them. You provided for them. You let them go and encouraged them and prayed for them and, and they went. And so they did. Tanya made vests for them and put our insignia on there and, 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 and every one of you had a part in it. You know what? Next time, somebody may come to your house to work in you after a tornado or a storm or something hits. You never know. Pray it doesn't, but I'd rather be a team going than receiving, but we could be on that side of it too. But God works in all these things, and all this has eternal consequences day five he says the reign of the sovereign lord uh in his people sovereign means there's no other one like god and, and and he uses you to bring glory and honor to himself uh it's a part of a discipling uh of people you know people always think discipling is just studying the word discipling is learning to be like a disciple is being like your master it's not just knowing intellectual knowledge of him. It's being like him in doing what he did. What are some of the things that Jesus did? Huh? What are some things? Huh? He healed the sick, fed the hungry, prayed, taught, discipled, loved, came alongside. Shown them miracle after miracle, rebuked. You know, he stood against, it just, you name it, and he did it in, in all kinds of miracles. Do you know what he told his disciples as he sent them out? Go do these same things. When he sent the 70 out, go do these same things. When he sent the 40 out, go, go do these same things. The 12, I mean, he, he, whenever he sent them, he said, you are empowered to go do these very same things and bear my witnesses. And that's what he still tells you today because you're going to become a disciple as you learn to do these things. Uh, the third one is, uh, 
It's the reality of God's presence. When you go and serve, you will see God in a, a way that you've never seen Him before. You will experience His presence in your life. And it will not be a historical or a, a, a knowledge event. It will be a relationship event that He grows in you and takes you through that will change you and you'll never be the same. And basically it develops a hunger in you to be more and more like, like him. Um, and then the, what is the kingdom? It, it, it's the whole mission of God. Everything God does is to reach people. It's not about you... It's really not about you, okay? I think that might be the best way. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with God. It's not your salvation. It's not your eternity in heaven. That's, it's not really why you're saved. That's the benefits of being saved. In other words, it's the benefit, but what it's about is you coming to know the Lord the way you should. You were created to, to walk with God on a day-to-day -day basis, and we messed that up in the garden. And because of that, we have sacrificed and not had that walk with Him. So He provides the way for us to have that walk. It's not so you can die and go to heaven. Woo, I just busted some people's bubble. It's so that you can rise up every day and know that God is your God and your master and your savior and the one that loves you. And then the benefit of it is because he loves you, he's going to provide for you to be there in eternity. But I, I, I think we miss it. It's a, humans tend to always think it's about me. Yeah, Jesus died so I can be with him in heaven. No, Jesus died so we could be with the Father today. This very moment. Quit looking at your death. Is that something new? All that is is an extenuation of what you should be living today. The only thing is you're going to leave an old rotten body behind and get a new one. But your spirit should still be with him today as much as it is then. Your eyes will be clear and you'll see things that you've never seen. But it's. It's not about you spending eternity in heaven. It's spending eternity in a relationship with a God that loves you. And that began the day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I hope and pray that you're working on that relationship every day. And quit worrying about the day you're going to die or the day the rapture comes. But it is going to come. Both of them are going to come one day. One may come before the other. But it doesn't matter. But what you can have right now is that relationship that King David had, that Moses had, and that everyone else within the Bible had. Or you could even have the relationship Judas had, which was not a good one. But I don't know about you, but I don't want that one. I'm more liking Peter. I want to get out and walk on some water. I, I, I want to do some stuff that ain't nobody else done. 
And, and, and I just, I'm just amazed that God allows me to do what I get to do. And, and, and people listen to me and come. And I'm just amazed at that. That he takes an old person like me and we build all these buildings and we do all this. And, and every Sunday you look out there and just folks show up. I'm thinking, why are they here? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thank you for that, Darlene, because to be truthful, sometimes I wonder if I'm really feeding people, because I don't know. Some, sometimes you, you deal and you think, well, everybody ought to know some of this stuff. And then sometimes you think, boy, you, you're sure messing up. You know, uh, some messages, the messages that reach people are usually the ones that I think are the worst. The ones you think, boy, I blew it. And everybody, hey, man, that really hit me. You know, really? I couldn't hit the broad side of the barn with that one. And then the one you think were real good, everybody, they quietly leave, you know. It's like you missed everybody. But it, it's amazing that God can use me and will use me because I know me. And it still amazes me. And, I, and I'm not just pulling your leg. I mean, I'm still at all that God would allow me to be a part of so much. Because I'm not worthy of all that. I'm not worthy of the love. I mean, I feel like I'm going to enter into heaven by the skin of my teeth. Because I, I'm thinking, you know, God, I still mess up. But I'm hoping there's one thing that he'll say about me that he said about David. I hope God will be able to look at it and say, Dwayne Higgins is a man after my own heart. That's what I want. Because that covers the multitude of sin. That I hope and pray that that's where my heart is. And I really believe that because I... That's all I want. I want people to get saved, and I want to know that every time God said, go do something, I did it. I may have did it kicking and screaming, but I'm learning not to do that because he's always right and he always wins. So I'm learning. It's kind of like telling my daddy no. Well, eventually you learn just to shut up and go do what he tells you to do. Uh, and I, I hope I'm a, a place in my life where I don't argue with him that I just go do go do it because I trust him and I've seen him work and I'm seeing him work right now and that's why I, I, I shared with Caleb this week some of the vision that we got and where I want to see us go and where I think we are going and I've been telling you for a year and a half God's going to do some great things through this church and he's doing it and he's providing the funds and the, the resources and the people you see, you, you can have all the money in the world. If you don't have the people, it doesn't matter. Or you can have all the people in the world, and if they don't invest into the ministry, then it doesn't work. You've got to be sold out to seeing God work. And that's why I looked around Sunday night, and the whole church showed up over there, and, and cooking and doing whatever, and fellowshipping and having a big time, and 
I say we had a we got an A plus. And and people noticed it because I was told last night, boy, you had a crowd up there Sunday night. I said, I sure did. <laughs> Lit up the whole neighborhood. But they know you're involved and you're doing things. And I I'll try not to overwork you. And and there is an answer you can say, you know, and I will understand, no, not this time. Don't feel like you got to do something every time I ask you. But don't ever say, no, not ever. I don't want you there. But there's times that you can't be a part of some stuff and somebody else will fill in. But folks, I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of the people that are in this church that are sold out to the ministry because you're making a difference in the kingdom. And that's the mission of God. That's the mission of God. That's all he's asking you. Make a, make a kingdom difference. And you will reap the rewards. Father, thank you. Thank you that you look down on a little small church in a small community with some big-hearted people. Thank you that you brought people from around this country to be a part of this ministry. You allow us to send people all over to minister from this body. We've got connections from Europe throughout Texas, Florida, and, and around the, just around the world that we are a part of. And we're going to get up every day and try to learn to follow you and be obedient to you and be an active participant in the kingdom's work. And then we too one day will be a, looked at as a great man or woman of God with our heart sold out to you. So use us, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.